0: with Logan Burke. Logan is the Executive Director of the Alliance for Affordable Energy, the Louisiana Ratepayer Advocacy Organization. Logan, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Anytime. Um, So first of all, I just uh, would love it if you could just talk a little bit about the Alliance and the work that you do, and also your involvement with um, EFNO, the Energy Futures New Orleans.
1: Sure. Um, So the Alliance for Affordable Energy is a 35-year-old organization working out of New Orleans. Um, We are both a consumer and environmental advocate working on energy issues around the state of Louisiana. And when we talk about consumer advocacy, we don't just mean the bill that you receive at the end of the month. We are talking about all of the costs, what sometimes uh, researchers refer to as the externalized costs, right? What does it cost your health to live next to a gas plant? What does it cost our state to be contributing to climate change? And so, So we're thinking really about both the the short-term costs and the very long-term costs. And we get involved in rate cases and um, integrated resource plans. And we advocate for um, community ownership of more resources and um, and energy systems that are both responsive to the needs of our communities um, and Uh, to the requests, to the demand of our communities. Um, And then Energy Future New Orleans Coalition is a group of of local organizations that have been working together since 2016, really, um, including the Alliance, Sierra Club, um, Audubon, the Deep South Center for Environmental Justice, uh, Vela, uh, lots of local organizations. and, And that That organization, um, including, of course, 350 New Orleans, just grows and grows every year. Um, More and more like-minded entities that wouldn't necessarily have called themselves either energy organizations or even environmental uh, justice organizations, um, but have overlapping interests, have been working together um, to advocate for a renewable and equitable and affordable energy future for New Orleans.
0: Great. And and you know, you're talking about this sort of way that this coalition came together in 2016. And the first thing that you worked on was resistance to the gas plant, uh, which is one of those externalities that you're talking about, um, which I think is a cool way of thinking about how how you know the kind of people who are in the room who are structuring what you started talking about a second ago, the RRPS, the I guess responsible renewable energy portfolio standard, is that correct?
1: So the Energy Future New Orleans Coalition, and and we like to cheekily refer to ourselves as FNO, mm-hmm. um, as as you mentioned, that grew out of the, the gas plant fight. Um, we have put forward a, or a couple of years ago as a result of input from community organizations and community members and leaders, a recommendation to the city council or proposal really to adopt a renewable portfolio standard that doesn't you know, Oklahoma. Instead, we said, we want, we think it's important important to invest in our city, invest in our people, and invest in community ownership of more of these resources, not only because it's an opportunity to grow wealth and change our economy here and develop a different kind of economy, um, but also because it's a more resilient kind of energy system in response to the realities of climate change that are happening now. Mm -hmm. And so we called that an RRPS, which stands for resilient renewable portfolio standard. And that called for a lot of distributed solar, so more solar on rooftops, um, things like microgrids, more, um, more energy efficiency and programs um, that are also directed and implemented by um, uh, disadvantaged business entities in our city. And making sure that we're not just saying, hey, energy." Uh, We want you to go build a bunch of expensive, um, whether it's carbon capture sequestration, which is a Uh non-thing, or new solar. We want to build that here locally, homegrown, community-driven, renewable future.
0: And and in that, I mean, so so you talk a little bit about, and I'm I just am curious to hear a little bit more about this what this looks like when we talk about community ownership. We talk about local businesses owning and 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 getting paid to build that infrastructure. I mean, what are some roles that exist in that vision?
1: So, um, back when we. Uh, filed our proposal with the city council for this rrps Um, we recommended a um, a sitting working group of community members and leaders um, to have regular say and oversight and make ongoing recommendations right there's no such thing as a policy that just sits ensconced and never changes that it's just like the english language right Um, everything is constantly changing circumstances are changing um, community needs are changing, and so we really wanted for um, for there be to be an opportunity for that community input um, and transparency uh, as opposed to kind of a black box where the utility says, oh, we've made our goals, and nobody knows if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. So, um, so far, unfortunately, um, well, let me back up. Um, At the beginning of 2020, in fact, the day before everybody really went into lockdown, the council's utility committee said, okay, um, as a result of the process that we've undertaken, uh, taking community input, intervener input, including Energy uh, Future New Orleans Coalition and Entergy and the council's advisors, the council said, we want a zero carbon future, we want a net zero carbon future by 2040, which includes things like offsets. And then by 2050, we want nothing that generates carbon emissions in our for our city in our city at all. And we want to do this in a cost-effective way. And so they they sent the official parties back to the table. That includes the Alliance and 350 and other organizations, entergy and, and the council's advisors, to figure out what that sort of what the framework of that rule would look like, how we would get there. Um, And what has come out of it is unfortunately a a draft rule that is currently on the council's desks that does not meet those council goals, does not meet that very clear mandate to get beyond fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately it's because it uses some tricky definitions and some peculiar twists of language Mm To bury the fact that it not only enables continued burning of fossil fuels forever, mm-hmm. um, it further incentivizes the utility to continue to sell more and more electricity. Now, we agree and we accept the fact that there will be likely higher electricity sales, for example, as a result of changing our transform. Transportation system over right. to electric, right? We mm-hmm. understand that that is going to, to increase sales. What we don't agree with is that there should be an incentive to do so. We think that the utility already has a business incentive to have higher electricity sales mm-hmm. and greater revenues as a result. And so what we think is we would like to see instead of the council approving something that does not meet their prior mandate, their prior insistence that this is where they want to go, Mm -hmm. we would like them to say simply, we want to double down and confirm the mandate to move to 100% renewable energy. Mm -hmm. We want to... Direct the utility to use what is called the integrated resource planning process, which we're in the middle of right now. They're doing it now. Um, and they, that is also a stakeholder uh, cycle, and the Alliance and other organizations are a part of it. And that whole system is intended to find what is the most cost effective pathway to serve the needs, the energy needs for New Orleans. And so, since we're already doing that, let's say here is the mandate and then use that that planning cycle to find the cost-effective way to do that mandate rather than oh let's pack in a bunch of multipliers and offsets and like let's see how we can kind of do it right we want transparency and we want to do it most cost-effectively and we know now that for example, we are hearing from international leaders all over that solar energy is the cheapest thing going. It's actually the, the international energy agency said that solar is the most, the the cheapest electricity, the cheapest energy in history. Um, and that doesn't even get to the, the fact that energy efficiency is even cheaper, um, Mm -hmm. because every kilowatt hour that you're not wasting is one you're not using, not generating at all. And so, you know, I'll stop there.
0: No, yeah, I mean, that's great. And, and, and so the, the sort of counter, I mean, the redefinition or, or, or modification of the idea of net zero or what the goals are, does that come out of sort of the, the utility of Entergy advocating for that or, or you know, consultants? I mean, what, how does that process happen?
1: Oh, what a good question. Um, it comes from both mm-hmm. a utility that is not interested in changing their business model mm-hmm. It comes from a utility that says the status quo is good enough and that status quo is really dependent on nuclear Mm -hmm. electricity, um, which costs our city an awful lot of money. And in the end, or at least in the last handful of years, hasn't amounted to very much. It's actually hurt us quite a lot, Mm -hmm. um, especially in terms of, of a power plant that's out in Mississippi called Grand Gulf. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it shows us that there's, there is both a utility and a council advisor. They're these hired consultants from Washington, DC and from Colorado who, um, who seem really invested in the idea of things like carbon capture, sequestration and utilization. Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't know if you or your listeners are, are aware is this idea that you can suck carbon either out of the air or out of the the flue of a, a gas plant or a coal plant and put it somewhere. You can sequester it somewhere. Now, technically, sure, But what we know from lots of of attempts is that this is not cost effective. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's led to tons of boondoggles and lots of wasted ratepayer money and taxpayer money. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that we're gonna pin our hopes on some technology that hasn't delivered yet after billions of wasted dollars is just a fantasy. And so, you know, we know that both Entergy and the council's advisors have pinned their hopes on these kinds of offsets and these kinds of technologies, even while we know that, again, we have the tools we need to do this cost effectively in a way that's better for, for everybody in our city.
0: So, um, so it's sort of imminent, it seems, like, maybe by the end of January, is it the Utilities Committee or the City Council is going to settle on some language that they're going to adopt for now? Can you talk a little bit about what that process looks like and where they might land?
1: Yeah. So we are expecting right now for the City Council's Utility Committee, and this is typically how, um, how this works, that the utility committee, which is usually comprised of five individuals, but because council member Williams is moving on to the DA seat, um, will be four of the council members, um, that near the end of January, that that utility committee will take some action and approve some resolution to this work um, and give some kind of direction to the utility about kind of how to do what they're mandating um the the thing that we are doing is our best effort to educate um anybody who will listen anybody who is interested in um in real climate action um as to what is in the proposed draft what is currently on the council's desk um and so the um the energy future new orleans coalition along with the Greater New Orleans Interfaith Climate Coalition, are going to be uh, conducting a, an update, kind of a teach-in, if you will, um, next Thursday. That will be Thursday, January 14th at 6 p.m. Um, to not only present and educate about what is happening, what has been happening and what the council is, is considering, but also to solicit input from community members. How do people want, you know, what, what do we want to do? Um, we know what our position is, um, but we also know that it's important to hear from people, uh, you know, lots of people who, who we have been soliciting throughout this whole process over the last three years. So that is the plan. And if folks want information about that, you can go to the, um, we have a Facebook uh, event setup, and you can register for the that meeting.
0: Okay. So just going through the Alliance for Affordable Energy Facebook, like if somebody just Googled, yes. looked at that. Yes. Okay, great. And then, and then if people, you know, are have been thinking about this for a little bit, have been following this, and want to reach out to their council members or reach out to folks on the committee, what should they say, and who should they reach out to? Oh,
1: great one. Um,
0: no. According to you, I should say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, the the first, the best way to get information about kind of what is on the table, you can go to efno.org, and there is a we've got a blog up there that gives an update about kind of where we are and what the the problems are with the current draft that's on the council's table. Um, we recommend you reach out to your council member, your district council member, and your at-larges. It's important to note that um, at-large council member, uh, Helena Moreno, um, is the chair of the utility committee. And she's really been uh, uh, leading saying, we need to move quickly toward a, um, a decarbonized future. Um, and so really giving her the, um, the support for real action is important here. Um, the, the other thing that people can do is talk with their neighbors, you know, talk with people about um, where we are and, and and what is what is happening. Um, and the the ask right now, or our recommendation, is to say to the council, um, we want you, we're calling on the council to not put holes (laughs) um, and false solutions into their clean energy pledge. We're asking them to confirm the clean energy mandate, the renewable energy mandate and direct the utility to use the integrated resource planning process to find the best most cost-effective, affordable way to get there.